Moat on the volley. And yes! The corner. What a start for West Bromwich Albion. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Hello and welcome back to The Baggies Podcast, where of course giving you all the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Back again with another podcast, a special episode really, a bit of a different one for you. Because we're going to be taking a little bit of a look at the championship season so far. Obviously, in the international break now, so we've got no championship action at the moment for Albion. Um, but today, to take a look through the EFL championship so far, I'm joined by an EFL expert. It's Gabriel Sutton. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Louis. Great to chat to you. Uh, I think we it was great to have you on uh, on my show uh, sort of around August, just before the Bournemouth game, wasn't it? And um, yeah, great glad I can uh, can return the return the compliment. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fantastic to have you on. But before we get into it, be sure to subscribe to the Baggies podcast on your podcast provider. Make sure you drop us a nice little review if you've enjoyed the episode as well. But yeah, Gav, if we start by just asking you a little bit about what sort of work you do within the EFL community, obviously you don't just cover the championship, you cover League One, League Two as well. Uh, what, what sort of stuff do you do and, and where can we find it? Sure. I, I, um, I do a variety of things, really, Louis. It's... Um... Partly it's writing for various websites, partly it's obviously having that presence on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Gab Sutton and you can also follow the hashtag EFL Debate where um, I talk to fans of various different clubs across the EFL and um, and yeah, try and give the, the divisions the uh, the attention that it deserves. Obviously, there's some great people who cover those leagues like the NTG20 podcast and uh, the D3D4 football on League One too. But um, it's it's nice to kind of play my part in in giving these leagues a bit of coverage. Absolutely, yeah, they're very. But all of these uh, EFL leagues are just very undercovered by I think a lot of mainstream media companies. Obviously, there's a lot there's a lot that do a great that, that do a great job of covering them. But you you feel that the excitement of those leagues is, is just as big as perhaps the uh, the Premier League, which isn't to be mentioned on this podcast. But, but hopefully, and not, uh, not not yet. Hopefully, anyway, but. Gav, um, firstly, if we, if we, um, we start by talking a bit about West Brom, if we start by talking a little bit about the appointment of Valerian Ishmael, obviously that happened relatively early on in the summer, just before the window opened. Uh, what, yeah. what did you make of that appointment when you saw him, obviously having seen him at Barnsley over the last season before that? Well, obviously, I've been really impressed with the work that he did at Barnsley. Um, and uh, I, I think the one thing that he probably benefited from a little bit at Oakwell is the fact that the team he'd um, taken charge of had been building towards his playing identity for two or three years. Uh, and this was constructing a young squad that presses high up the pitch and plays fairly direct, gets the ball forward early. And um, I think that what really made me feel really curious about him his time at West Brom and what makes me even impressed about how well West Brom side currently sitting second in the championship is that he has been able to get his methods uh, across early on the high press has been there West Brom have been able to uh, carry that threat from set pieces and long throws and the way that it's clicked um, has certainly um, impressed me and um, because it, it was 
Um, he, he obviously, you'd look at the fact he was able to sign uh, Alex Mowat, who was his captain at Barnsley and a very important player in that Barnsley side that reached the playoffs. But um, and I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see, um, yeah, how how West Brom squad depth takes because. You know, there's that yeah. possibility where some of the players in reserve are going to be uh, quite old. Are they going to have that ability to fit into the high pressing game? But then, having said that, I look at the um, the, the bench from the game at Stoke City, and you look at somebody like Grady Diangana, who's very athletic. Mm-hmm. You've got Jason Malumbi, who at Millwall had that reputation of being uh, very tenacious. Matthew Clark, I think, is a fantastic champion centre-back and you had him on the bench so yeah um it's certainly come together so far yeah it, it definitely has I think I think there's been a few rocky performances but um if we talk a little bit you mentioned the signing of Alex Mowat there and mm. the, the uh the additions of Malumbi and, and, and Matt Clark who I think are all very solid additions definitely a championship level what did you make of the the recruitment because obviously I saw on Twitter you like a lot of Albion fans when we signed um I think it was uh Jordan Hugill we're going, ah, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want this. We don't want this. And and you were quite a, an advocate for, for him in particular. What what have you seen from our recruitment and particularly Jordan Hugo that's made you think, oh, that's 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 pretty decent? I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Jordan Hugo, Louis. I believe that he's one of the most um, underrated champions of our era. That's one of my strong beliefs because I remember watching him couple of years ago now playing for Middlesbrough under a Tony Pulis side and uh, and as your your Albion fans will know having seen um Salomon Rondon sort of having yeah. been this brilliant international goal scorer and finding it really difficult to get any sort of chances in a Pulis side that's how difficult it is and um what I, I loved about Jordan Hugo that day was he just his work rate was incredible. Like you'd get to the 70th, 80th minute and he'd still be pressing the opposition goalkeeper. Mm. And I think that's partly what appealed to Valerian Ishmael. I think last season he was a little bit unlucky at Norwich in the sense that he was behind Team Ipuki. Daniel Farker was never going to be one to play two at top. And uh, he certainly gave them another dimension, posing that threat from crosses. I think that was a game against Bristol City where he got a couple of goals in Pookie's absence. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think this is a good championship striker. Maybe he's taken a little bit of time to show what he can do, but I believe he'll come good. And I think he is a great signing for what West Brom need. Yeah, uh, Jordan Hugo, for me, from what I've seen from him, he's only, I think he's only started two games, possibly three games for us. So he's not really had that massive chance at the moment. He's come off the bench a few times and especially against Millwall, I think he his work rate, I think that might have been his debut, but he showed that work rate, work, work rate that you, you talked about. And I think he looked really, really good in that particular game. I think his quality perhaps on the ball has, has lacked a little bit in the recent games that we've seen. But certainly for work rate, you know, if he's working hard and he's not perhaps putting in the quality finishes that you want to see from him, I can deal, I can deal with that because, you know, if he's trying his best, that's all we can really, really ask from a, from a player, really, I suppose. But uh, and, and, of, and just to, if you don't mind me, sort of just exploring yeah, this point, I know, I know you're you're the interviewer here, but I, I'm really curious uh, to kind of get a sense of how you think Hugo coming in sort of helps West Brom style of play because certainly at the beginning of the season there was a feeling that you're a very direct side. But yes. You didn't really have that obvious presence. Do you think Hugo can sort of be that? Yeah, I, I definitely think he can. I think it was. Um, it, he he provides a very nice alternative to Kenneth Sahor, who I'm not sure if you've seen the 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 uh, not abuse, but the the pretty harsh criticisms that he gets from Albion fans for being quite sluggish, quite 
I mean, I'm going to say lazy, uh, you know, a couple of yards behind it quite a lot of the time. So I had think, a tough time with injuries as well, I think. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. He's 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 been in and out of the side. He's never really got going in an Albion shirt. And I think Hugh Gill's being brought in to just step in front of Zahor uh, in in our in our sort of pecking order as a striker and and just provide that that target man presence presence up front and I think he can be that and he's certainly shown that he can hold the ball up well he's happy to put his foot in he's happy to get knocks and he's happy to be battered all over the pitch uh, and that's that for me is 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 a very good building block to start from I'm sure Val can definitely get the best out of him in that position uh, for for certain so Gab if obviously you you do your predictions in your in your article that you um. You write about you know all the all the EFL teams and where you think they're going to finish. Obviously, your prediction with West Brom, I'll say <laughs> again, kicked up a little bit of a fuss. Would you mind just talking us a little bit into what, what where you predicted West Brom to finish at and what and why you predicted us to finish there? I uh, I predicted West Brom to finish thirteenth, and I'm quite happy to say now that that was a terrible a terrible prediction, and I um. I, I appreciate you giving me a couple of questions first, and kind of ease my way into it before you hit me with the the Paxman question. There, uh, sort of gra- gradually, sort of lulled me into false sense of security. No, um, no, I, no I, I think I think I was just really concerned that Mary and Ishmael would sort of encourage this really high pressing game. With um, at the time that I wrote this preview. Um, I believe it was Darroche that was the only West Brom player that was um, under the age of 25 or 24 or something along those lines. Mm. And other than that, it was, you're looking at youth team players that hadn't kicked the ball uh, competitively. And I was a little bit worried about that because I felt like Valerian Ishmael might be faced with choices in certain positions. Do I go with someone that will fit my style in terms of the energy levels required, but might be very raw? Or do I go with someone that's going to have more technical quality, but isn't going to be able to fit the style? So I was a little bit worried that West Brom would sort of be this side that tries to press high, but then get sort of cut open with balls through and then not having the legs to kind of get back so that was that was my thinking at the time having said that I, th- I do think that you've recruited well since then and maybe the squad's uh starting to look at it a little bit better than perhaps I'd anticipated yeah fair enough yeah I, I can get that because um because you know when we played um when, when we started this season I thought we don't have the 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 bulk in the squad to play the long ball it was less about the high mm. press and I've, I've always seen energy in the players that we started the season with it was all about the long ball but then I said I thought if we don't have that striker or these bigger front men to play up to I don't think there's much in the middle of the part that spells quality on the ball if we have to play a shorter passing game mm. obviously Alex Mower obviously has come to, to to be a player that we've seen with quality on the ball but Livermore alongside him. If you've only got one player who's got that quality on the ball, it does start start to concern me a little bit. But I think it, it's worked a little bit better in previous games uh, recently. I don't know what you you made of that. Whether you thought that the, the long ball would work with Albion with going into the start of the season with a front three of I think it was Dean Garner, Grant, and Robinson, who are all pretty small in their own right. 
Yeah, I, well, what I noticed from with West Brom in the first month of the season was that there were sort of two methods of chance creation, uh, or maybe three to push. You know, one of them was obviously quick transitions, which with Carlin Grant and Callum Robinson, and even Alex Moet, I think is quite an effective transitional player. You know, that was one way of doing it. The other one would probably be the long throws, which were very effective against Sheffield mm. United. Um, and you've got some when you're able to get some physical centre backs um, into the box, and and certainly that was effective. But then I think in terms of the long ball, it felt like you're almost hoping that the opposition would sort of misplace a clearance from a long ball, and then uh, you'd be able to pick up second balls yeah. rather than actually having a big striker and then getting a Robinson or getting a Grant into those dangerous areas. I suppose what you, you'll be hoping with Hugo is that he can He's got a very big. I think he's six foot one, which isn't that tall for a no. target man, but he's got a really big spring on him. So I suppose you'd be hoping that you can be effective from those long balls with someone like Hugo up there. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's definitely the case. And very good analysis there about the the drop in second balls. It's almost a little bit hopeful in a, in a way, I guess, but. It, it has worked several times and the long throws, as you said, have, were so effective against Sheffield United. It was every time we had a long throw, you thought we were going to score. And I think often from those long throws we did. But yeah, definitely, definitely the case with those. So, Gab, um, which sort of West Brom players have, have impressed you so far in this season? Um, that's a really good question. I've been really impressed with uh, Callum Robinson and Carlin Grant, really. Um, I think that they um two really good championship players. Obviously, Callum Robinson had patches of good form last season yeah. in the Premier League. You think of um those games that that five two at Chelsea um would certainly be one of them. So I think Carl um Callum Robinson and Carlin Grant um and. Obviously, I think there's probably another gear for somebody like a Grady being Garner to go up. Yeah. Um, and, and Donald Furlong as well with those those long throws has been pretty impressive. And I like Alex Moet because he's tenacious, but he's also got a lovely left foot. And you know, whenever he puts, picks the ball up, he's always looking to drive forward. And, you know, can I elude a challenge and then slot a ball through for a Robinson or a Grant? So um, I think Grant, Robinson, Moet and Furlong will probably be the ones that have got my eye. Perfect. Yeah, very good. I think um, my personal one is, I know he's been injured, but Matt Clark is a player that I've been really impressed by. I was mm. not expecting too much from him. I was expecting a bit of a defender with a with a bit of a, a, a you know, a, 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 a long ball on him, really, and not, not very good ball playing abilities. But I think he's one that, for me, I've seen that can actually play the ball along the floor out of the Albion back line. And he's one of those yeah. that can create those, as you said, quick transitions when coming out from defence and he can pick that pass that gets us up the pitch. Obviously, I hope to see him back against against your side, actually, Gab Birmingham on, on next Friday night. Um, um, yeah, because he's left-footed as well, isn't he? And uh, I think yeah. that's the thing you've got an abundance of left-footed centre-backs. And if you're playing with a back, excuse me, it tends to be helpful to have the left-sided centre-back being, being left-footed. And yeah, I've, I've rated Matt Clark at this level for a long time. I think he deserves his opportunity in the Premier League. Be honest. Yeah, I was I was really surprised actually to see him come back down to the championship. I thought he, he's done really well at Derby, helped them survive. I thought he's gonna to go to the he's gonna go and play for Brighton this season, even if it is being third or fourth choice centre back. I thought he'll play, but no, that wasn't to be. But Gab, if we move on a little bit now to talk more about the championship as a as a wider a wider league. Obviously, there's a, there's a 23 other teams to talk about, but we won't go into all of them. But before the championship started, Gab, who who did you 
tip for sort of promotion and relegation in your in your predictions? Who did you have nailed down in, in those spots? So I, one of my strong beliefs uh, was and, and still is to, up to a point that Fulham were going to win the title. Um, and I felt in the summer that Fulham were going to run away with the league. I still think they could, but I'm probably not quite as convinced it's going to be a, a procession, I suppose, yeah. now because they've all on at Coventry and, you know, there's been maybe question marks over their spine. I still think that they will win the league, but um, it's it's going to need to be... Um, I think they're probably going to improve in the second half of the season once they add a couple of players in January who have got a bit of physicality and a bit of leadership just to give them that bit of balance. Um, I, I didn't actually expect that Bournemouth to be quite as, as as strong as they have been. I think I had them about third or fourth. Um, and I, again, I, I actually had Barnsley doing very well because I thought yes. that they'd be able to continue that identity they've had from from previous seasons but obviously that hasn't worked out too well so um yeah, yeah. D- don't ask me about my predictions for West Brom and Barnsley <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't gone too well those <laughs> no fair, fair enough but yeah though I think I, I, I had uh, Fulham and Sheffield United to go up mm. in those two spaces I had us I think fourth or fifth I can't remember exactly where I stuck us but certainly wasn't as high as a lot of Albion fans are expecting I certainly didn't think I'm quite amazed that we're in second place because as you said, I, 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 as an Albion fan myself, having seen these players play over the past year, I had real doubts about them going into Ismail's system, but it just proves, I think, what a what a good manager he is, really. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Gab, uh, which which team do you think did sort of the best transfer business going into the season? Because there's been a lot of nice little bits of business going around the championship. Obviously, not a lot of money spent. Obviously, that can be mainly due to the the pandemic and and stuff like that. Who do you think did uh, did the best business out of the championship teams? I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Stoke, Louis. I think um, their operations have kind of come under criticism quite a bit in, in recent years. Mm-hmm. But there's a feeling with um, they've appointed uh, this man called uh, Alex Aldridge to, to the board. And since he's come in, you know, their business has started to be slightly more sensible, picking up Mario Vrancic, who I think he's won the yeah. championship title twice with Norwich. And, Played a you know, reasonable role in in both seasons, so um, that's you know I think that's a really good pickup. And they sold Nathan Collins for twelve million pounds and picked up Ben Wilmot, who you could argue is not too far away in terms of ability level uh, for two million pounds and uh, or two and a half. So I think that Stoke City did some really good business, and um, and they deserve to be where they are. Yeah, the player that I I don't think I don't think player I think he did come on at the end, but Leo. Uh, Ostergaard, who, who's on loan mm. for Brighton. Brighton have just got an anvil of really good championship and above centre backs. Obviously, Matt Clark being one of them. I, th- I think he's a player at Coventry. When I watched them, really, really impressed me. So, yeah, Stoke definitely did some really good business. But I think Stoke's still a bit of a raw subject among Albion fans at the moment, to be honest, Gab. But yeah, they um, they did some fantastic business. But yeah, who um, do you think you have a rivalry with Stoke? Uh, I'd say. A little bit. They've always been our bogey team, to be fair. Obviously, in the Midlands with us, but not, you know, obviously it's still about an hour and a half drive from 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 the Hawthorns. Yeah. But I think we've always had a bit of a thing with them. Their fans have always been, you know, our fans have always clashed with theirs. And, and we've always seen them as a bit of a bogey team. We never used to beat them in the Premier League, especially when they were under Tony Pulis. We always seem to get beaten by a, a Rory Dillap long throw. So it's a bit like that. Yeah, they've been a bit of a bogey team. Obviously, lost to them last time we were in the Championship. Uh, one nil at the Hawthorns, but yeah, I think um, Stoke. I, I wouldn't say 
massive rivalry, but there's certainly a little bit of a, you know, we want to beat Stoke because they always beat us sort of mentality among Albion fans in that respect, I think, Gab. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As long as, long as you hate Villa more, that's, that's fine. Yeah, I think, I think Villa, yeah, definitely, definitely a perch above Stoke. But yeah, Gav, um, which championship team have you been most impressed by this season? Obviously, lots of really good performances. Who, who would you say has mm. been, the, been the team that you've been impressed by the, the most? Louis, I've been massively impressed by Coventry City. Um, oh, I had, yes. the, I had the 19th um, before the start of the season. I was a little bit worried about them actually defensively. And lots of Coventry fans before the season, to, to their credit, said, Victor Giorcarez is going to have a really good season. We're really excited about him. And I... I kind of got it because he had finished the previous season in quite good form in the last sort of month or so and maybe got a couple of goals when they beat Millwall 6-1. But I felt like there was an element of recency bias because for three quarters of that season, if you included his time at Swansea, Giocares didn't do an awful lot. But this year he looks fit, he looks strong, he looks confident in front of goal. And yeah, the recruitment has been brilliant. Simon Moore, for example, um, has been an inspired acquisition uh, in goal. You've got players like Sheaf stepping up. Uh, Callum O'Hare, I mean, if he can add goals for his game, what a player he'll be. Um, Coventry really impressed me. And I have you know, I don't know whether they're going to be a genuine promotion prospect. I feel it's too early to say that this is, if nothing else, a massive step forward, 50 points and another uh, season of, of progression for the Sky Blue. So you've got to credit them for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's from what I've seen from Coventry, it's not that they're just picking up results. They're actually playing well and they're really mm. beating sides. Obviously, you saw against Fulham last week, they didn't just play well and nick a 1-0 against them. They really, really battered them and they really put them to the sword. And I think that's that clinical nature, especially of, Victor Jokeres up front is, is, is one of those things that you, you just really need in championship level. Obviously, we've struggled to have a bit of clinical finishing in, in our side over the over recent weeks. But yeah, just to have that in your side and to have that ability to put sides to the sword so easily is, is so crucial at championship level. And it can it can make make or break your, your season ambitions if you, if you get it right. Yeah, definitely. And you've got to credit... Mark Robbins has just done an absolutely remarkable job. And I went to some of Coventry's games when they were um, they were in League One and it looked like an absolutely horrible sort of position for them. And um, yeah, I think I was there when they, they went down and then Mark Robbins took, took charge at the back end of that season and he actually um, was in charge when they won the Johnson State Trophy as it was then. Yeah. And since then they've won two promotions in three years. They've stayed in the championship quite comfortably in the end and now they're right at the top. You, you couldn't have dreamt that. And the fact that they've still got... This hasn't happened with... Okay, yeah. You'd think this is, that would have happened with a change of ownership. You'd think if you... If I'd said to a Coventry fan in 2017 that they would be, in four years' time, be, what, fourth, third in the championship, they would have said, well, ZZ must have gone and we must have got a brilliant owner in who mm. spent lots of money. That's not happened. So the fact that Mark Robbins has just transformed Coventry City um, without that change of ownership, I think it's just an absolutely extraordinary achievement. And um, I don't think he gets enough credit for it, to be honest. Yeah, that is a fantastic story, Coventry. Obviously, just the road, up the road from, from Albion and, and yourself, Gab, uh, with, with Birmingham. And they're, they're doing a really astounding job. And it'd be certainly nice to see them keep pushing into these playoffs because obviously having Midlands clubs in the Premier League is always something as a Midlands football fan I personally love to see. But Gab, which um, team do you think is is sort of has, has disappointed you a little bit? A team that you thought, I'm, I think you're going to do really well this season. And so far, they just have kind of 
kind of lacked it a little bit. I would say Derby and um, Barnsley because um, Derby County had bottom of the league. Uh, Barnsley because um, I felt like they would really grow because although they'd lost Alex Mount, DSLs, and Daryl DK and possibly one other player, but certainly it wasn't more than three three key players that they'd lost. They had a young squad that I thought would continue to develop. They got a manager in Mark Shop who had done some brilliant things in Austria with. PSV Hartberg and I felt like if they could continue that high pressing style of play whilst maybe using the ball a bit more methodically I thought that they could be in for a really big season so I got that completely wrong and Marcus Schott hasn't turned out really to be the manager that, that maybe I'd hoped him to be and certainly Bouncy fans had hoped him to be um, so yeah they, they've been pretty disappointing so far I think you'd have probably hoped for a bit more from Nottingham Forest I thought I thought they would have been higher before um they obviously chose to, to change manager as well yeah there's a there's a few teams in the championship I think Barnsley is one of them because I think they just really set the standards last season with a great season and getting into those playoffs what a fairy tale story that was for them obviously just surviving relegation the season before and so shop came in and it's another sort of bit of an unknown quantity among English football fans. But you thought so was Valerian Ishmael's when he came in. So they mm. thought, you know, this is going to be more of the same. And unfortunately for them, it, it hasn't quite clicked. I think maybe us taking their captain away hasn't really helped them in that respect. But no, uh, hopefully see them picking up a little bit of form later on in the season. But Gab, who do you, if, if obviously we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, the the who you think is going to go up now, but who do you think is going to go down uh, in the championship this season? If you had to think about it now. It's a big question. (laughs) Um, I think Wayne Rooney is doing a brilliant job at Derby. I love the way he's handled the whole situation and the farce with uh, Mal Morris's regime. Mm. Um, I think Peterborough are a team that I'm especially worried about, even maybe they beat my own team 3-0. I um I do think Barnsley have got enough good players to get out of it. Um, I'd probably be more worried about Hull City because of uh, question marks over the ownership regime, and I don't think a lot of fans uh, have a lot of patience with uh, with Grant McCann. Um, so yeah, I think that you're probably looking at Derby, Peterborough, and Hull. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I I think I'd probably have to agree. To be honest, I think that's that's. I think Barnsley, although I think they might be around there if they keep playing the way they are, I think they'll just get out of it because I think they've got a bit more quality in their side than, than perhaps those three. But Derby, I think, is one that I'm willing them to stay up because I want everything on the pitch. I want everything on the pitch to be different to what's going on off it. I want them to be able yeah. to stay up. And I want Wayne Rooney, who I've, I've never been a massive fan of as a, as a player. He's always ended up scoring against Albion. But... I think he's he's a player that he's a manager that I think has, has acted with real class through a situation where it's it's quite easy to pick up the phone and you know have a real go at the owners and have a real rant on the, in the interviews and stuff. And I think he's acted with real class and and as what it's clear that his intentions are that he wants the best for Derby County and he's not a play, he's not a manager who's using Derby County as a springboard to get another job. It's a play, mm. it's a manager that wants to improve the club and he, and he wants to make things better for the fans of Derby County. And I think that's really nice to see from a player who essentially already, ha- or a manager and a former player who essentially has the world and, and has all the money that he wants and could go yeah. and just leave them in the mess and could just go, right, sorry, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and mm. in fact, he's chosen to stay and he, he's acting with real class and he's really trying to dig them out of the situation that they're in, which I think is, is nice. I don't know what you think about that, Gab. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I sort of compare it slightly to Paul Scholes, who had a stint in management at, at Oldham. Mm. And I think that he he actually left. Um, and, you know, obviously you can say with uh, lots lots of major issues with Abdullah Lemsigam's ownership regime at Oldham, but it felt as well as that, to me, there was an element of Paul Scholes thinking, I'm not ready for this. It used to be very cosy for me at Manchester United. Mm. And um, I, I was sort of, um, it was a sort of more luxurious kind of experience. Whereas, you know, at Oldham, that, you know, it's, there's a draft in the training ground, the kettle's not, doesn't always work and, and all this sort of thing. And, and he left sort of eight games in. And I think that's a real testament of Wayne Rooney's character that he's he's going to go through this situation and he wants to fight for the club, to fight for the fans and to assist and um yeah, everyone for that. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely great to see from a, a manager who's who's come from a I'd say privileged playing career and coming into mm. a, a club that's really struggling and wanting to persist. That's really nice to see. But Gav, finally, if we ask you about your teams to be promoted, um who do you think, uh, from what you've seen so far in the championship, will will make that that those three to to make it into the the promised land, if we like, for, of the Premier League? I I think Fulham will win the league. Um, I'm expecting a really strong second half of the season from them. So uh, I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if they put a really strong winning run together. Um, I would probably go with Bournemouth for second spot. But what I what I'm really interested in is the um. The playoff picture, um, I would probably imagine that West Brom will finish third or fourth. But then there's lots of teams that have got quite sort of humble resources, haven't necessarily spent their way um, up here, that um, that could do well. Obviously, Stoke, you know, they've been able to bring in the likes of Romain Sawyers, who you'll know all about, and Brandon. Yeah. So they're a slightly different case, but Coventry are massively achieving uh, against the odds. Q QPR, um, they've been able to sign players like Charlie Austin, I suppose, and Stephanie Johansson and two other former West Brom players. But you look at the pack just outside the, the, the current playoffs, it's Huddersfield, Blackburn, Bristol City and, and Reading, all clubs that are sort of uh, on the fringes, Millwall as well, uh, and Blackpool even, um, you know, although you wouldn't put them in the playoff sort of scramble necessarily, but lots of clubs in high positions without necessarily having enormous budget. So I think that's a credit to the unpredictability of the championship and why we love this division. Yeah, I think uh, you're def I, 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 I'm, I'd go for, I think Fulham, I'm a bit, bit eh about them. I think I might go for Bournemouth first. And I think from what I've seen from Albion, I certainly didn't say this at the start of the season, I might go for us in second. And obviously... As you said, the the playoffs. I think it would be a, we we we'd be playing a fool's game to try and predict the playoffs. Uh, uh, really, with them from what we've seen over previous years with playoffs. But yeah, it would be it'd be very. I'll tell you what, Louis. I'll um I'll say West Brom will win the playoffs. Just uh, so, uh, good, good, good so if choice. I go to a West Brom game in future, I won't need to take my bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, good choice, Gav. Good choice, good choice. I rate that from you. But Gav, a massive thank you for joining me on the Baggies podcast today. It's been great to chat to you about West Brom and the Championship as a whole. Been great to draw on your wealth of of Championship knowledge. So thank you very much for joining me. Oh, that's my pleasure, Louis. I know you do some great stuff with the podcast. So really glad to be a part of it.
yeah, pleasure to have you on. But th- thank you very much, listeners, for listening to the Baggies podcast this week. We'll be back again very soon with another episode, hopefully after the Birmingham game. But be sure to subscribe to the podcast and make sure that you're leaving us a nice review if you've enjoyed. And a big thank you to Gab for joining me on the podcast. You'll be, be sure to follow him on Twitter with the link in the description of the pod. But thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>